Welcome to the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. We are so grateful you're here with us today. Let's dive in. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Thank you, by the way, for just listening to this show. The only reason we even do this podcast is because we really believe that it does help people just like you break the creative struggle, and it's not possible without you guys listening. So thank you for tuning in maybe every single week. If you do, you are a straight-up superstar. You listen to us every single week, but even if you jump in every once in a while, we are so, so glad you're here. So thank you for being a part of this show. We love doing what we do. Yeah, totally. We do so much stuff on Zoom that I wish we could do our podcast on Zoom where we're like with people the whole time so we could see people like where you're from, what you look like. So every Wednesday, (laughs) we're all going to do a group Zoom. (laughs) I wish. I would love that. But welcome to the show, guys. Like Christy had said, that was a very grateful intro, by the way, which is great because we are very grateful. And we hope you're grateful because, again, the only reason why we do the show is for you guys. So but today's episode is going to be really fun. We're talking about a story that I have. I've got so many stories like this, but we're going to share one story today on just pricing in the brand world because the pricing in the brand world is not easy, right? No, absolutely not. You guys, I know that this is a huge struggle for so many people, especially in the brand space, as Joey just said. I think wedding space, pricing can always be confusing. There's always blocks there, whether it's yourself mentally or in the industry, you're like, I just have no idea what to charge. But oftentimes in a lot of different service industries, you can kind of look around you and go, what's like the average? What's happening? Like what's going on? And what's maybe like the cap of what maybe is like normal to charge? And there's almost like a sense of like clients even know maybe what is like in the budget. When it comes to the commercial brand space, it's like the wild west out there. And as someone who's been in both spaces, I know that the challenges you can meet when it comes to pricing with the brand space, you can almost feel like there's no cap. Like you can either have a photo that can sell for $5 or $20,000. And it just is like the literal wild yeah, west out there. How is that even possible? Yeah. Every business is so different. The way it's going to affect businesses is very different. And so you might be sitting there going, I really want to start shooting brand stuff. I really want to start creating in the commercial space, whatever I do, whatever your service is, wanting to dive into that really fun space and really creative space. But you might be thinking, I would have no idea what to charge. I'm going to sit here and have no idea and be completely confused and maybe never even pitch because of that one roadblock. And that's what we want to touch on today. Yeah. So Let's start with a story. We're going to give you guys five tips on how to do what I'm about to tell you. And these five tips are going to do a couple things. They're going to make you more confident in pricing yourself as a commercial or brand space photographer, filmmaker, social media, whatever you are, an influencer, whatever you're going to be. They're going to make me more confident. They're going to make you more money because you're more confident. You're actually going to build better relationships with companies because of what we're going to tell you. And it's, it's just going to give you so much more depth to you as a creative. You're going to be seen as more valuable. So let's get into the story. So I've got a lot of stories like this, but I decided to pick this one for today's episode. Uh, have not shared this one before on the podcast, but it's a fun one. Basically, one of the key things I built my career off of was shooting headlining videos for companies. Now, if you don't know what a headlining video is, a headlining video is simply go to somebody's website, go to a company's website. If they do not have a video in the first two scrolls of their website, they're probably losing business because there's a lack of trust there. If you're looking at two competitors that do the exact same thing, one has a video explaining who they are, why they do what they do, why they're you know a great option, why they're going to help you know get whatever you're trying to do over the finish line, why you can trust them. And the other company doesn't have any of that. You're probably going to go with the company that has the video, even if they're more expensive. Because again, the video perceives to anybody looking to maybe do business with them as if they are 
just more valuable because they're more thought through. Looks like if you do a video well, it shows the processes and the plans and the faces in the company. It just builds a lot of trust. So headlining videos were a really great, still are a really great thing to sell if you are a filmmaker. Again, huge trust builder. And for a lot of companies, they're losing a lot of money. They're they're leaving a lot of money potentially on the table or say it this way, they're leaving a lot of money before they check out button on their website, even though most of them don't have checkout buttons on their website. But you know what I'm saying here when it, when it comes to just what they're doing because they do not have a headlining video. So that's a long intro to this. But so I used to do a lot of those and I used to do them for, I think when I first started doing them, I did them for like 300 bucks. And then I got up to like 550. And this is like a 40 to like, maybe 90 second video. Then I got up to shooting them for $1,500. And eventually the the last, one of the highest, it's probably one of the, the later ones I've done. One of the highest ones I ever did was for $12,500. And it was still for a 40 to 60 second video. Now, you might be sitting here going, how do you go from $300 to selling the same video practically for $12,500? Well, here's how I did it. Basically, I take you back to this is probably like 2017, 2018, maybe 2019. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But I shot, I priced out a headlining video and shot a headlining video for one company. And I jumped, I remember I jumped from $2,800 that we did it for, for another company. I was like, I'm going to raise the price on this one. And we sold it for $3,500. And I was so excited. I was like, okay, that's a whatever percentage gain on the same product. That's us really raising our price on this. And I was proud because I was like, that's that's way more bang for our buck. I'm excited. I'm going to invest more into the boys that are helping me out, that come out and shoot and edit with me and make this thing happen. So cool. Literally two weeks later, I get another inquiry for a headlining video. And when I say inquiry, it was really just somebody reaching out being like, hey, know you worked with somebody else. We love them. They, you know, give us your name. We'd love if you would do the same thing. And so I started talking with them about what's going on. And long story short, like I said earlier, we ended up doing the video for $12,500. So we basically three and a bit X our, our price on the video. And it was practically the same thing that we did for all the other clients for $500, $1,500, $3,500. How the heck do you do that? And why did I raise the prices? Well, here's the truth. I went, I think this deserves to be you know, a more expensive ticket. And I said, well, I have to learn how to quantify that. If I can't quantify it, I can't raise the price on that. And if I can't quantify it, why would I ever expect anybody to buy it off me, right? Why would I ever expect yeah. anybody to invest in it? So basically the way I was looking at it, I went, okay, company over here that we did for $1,500 last year, they're a pretty small company. They have, you know, they sell high ticket stuff, but they have really low volume. So it wasn't super advantageous for them to spend a lot of money on this because they're not having a lot of people even see something like this. Because again, they are a low, low, low volume company. The other company that I raised the price on to $3,500, they were a high ticket, high volume company. They printed, they printed apparel, like mass amounts of apparel every day. And in some, some of the stuff they would sell, they'd print on on like Yeti coolers, they would print on all sorts of stuff. Long story short, they make really, really good money. So in my mind, I was like, okay, I can justify charging them more money because this is a great trust builder for them. And it's gonna go on their website, it's gonna help them sell more because they already have a great business. If I can help them increase trust by like 10 to 15% of people that come on their website who look to do business with them, boom, right there. If I can get them one more client, they're only paying me $3,500. I can make them, could be a $50,000 order for all this stuff, you know? So that's how I was thinking. 
And then we get to the the $12,500 client. This was a logistics company, meaning they do transport and storage. So they ship products. So example, Amazon doesn't have enough room in their own warehouses. They have to hire these logistic companies and these logistic companies have massive warehouses. And what they do is they literally just store things and then they transport it. But some of these companies are super bad like really, really bad. They're trash. They're not organized. They're dirty old warehouses. And then some of them, like this client, were so nice. Everything was like scanned with barcodes. Everything was tracked. The people working were just amazing, really clean cut, put together. They had a great experience. And so I noticed when they came to me, their problem was they were saying, I think we're losing business to some competitors because of price. We're more expensive than everybody, but we are so much better. We have way better insurance on everything that gets put in our warehouses. Our warehouses are way better. Our staff are way better. Everything's scanned electronically. You can, you know, real time see all of your inventory from anywhere in the world via the internet. Like we're just way better option. And I said, great, you need to have something on your site the second someone lands there that's gonna help you build trust that no matter what you're charging, you're the way better option, right? So anyways, we did that. And the reason why I was able to charge almost $13,000 for that was because I was looking at how their business ran. I was looking at their monetization channels and I asked myself this question, how much is it costing them to not have this? What are they going to potentially lose out on? And I went, well, if they lose even one deal because they do not have a phenomenal video that really walks through the whole customer value journey, showing them how they can trust this company, like they could lose out on like a $200,000 deal like that. They could lose out on a seven-figure deal like that. They could lose out on a $50,000 deal like that. So again, there was so much more at stake for these guys. I was able to go, here's why we are the right fit to do this for you guys. Here's my plan to get you guys there. Here's how I'm going to sit down and make sure the script is dialed with you. I'm going to write it with you. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I was able to charge three and a half times what I charged like three weeks before for another company that still did really well. And that was crazy. That blew my mind. That proves, I hope you're listening to the podcast and you're going, wow, that proves that there's not only money in weddings. Everyone says, oh, the money's in weddings. That's why I shoot weddings. And I always sit there and go, no, I shot, it probably took me the same amount of time to shoot that deal. And that was a $12,500 deal rather than me going and having to sit and wreck my body shooting a wedding all day because it's so taxing on your body. Really we talked about that the other day. <laughs> but that was a little bit of a long story. I'm going to break down how you can also do the same thing. Guys, we have five tips for you on how you can learn to justify your pricing. Now, here's the thing. I put it on a video on Instagram the other day. I'm sure it's going to go on Creative Rise socials at some point here. So you're going to see it. Uh, If you follow me personally, you already saw it. If you're on TikTok and you follow us, you already saw it. But it was basically a video saying you have to learn how to justify your pricing by three to four X if you're in the commercial space at minimum. In those two scenarios I just mentioned in that story, I was able to justify it times like a hundred X. Like I was like, if I sell this to you for $3,500, I know it's going to make you easily six figures in the next, I don't know, whatever, the next like 12 months. I bet you it's made them literally a hundred times the money. I bet you it's easily pulled in $300,000 of new contracts for that company. So I was able to go, oh, I can easily justify that. I'm saying to you today, in order for you to feel confident in your pricing, in order for not only you to feel confident, but to get someone to actually pay you something, you need to learn how to justify it three to four X what they're investing in you. So if you're paying, you know, if you're asking to be paid $5,000 for something, you need to learn how and be able to communicate to the company, hey, here's what 
you're risking if you do not do this. If you do not work with me and we do not take this to fruition and make it come, you know, full house for you, you're potentially leaving fifty to twenty thousand dollars on the table in the next twelve to twenty four months. Here's how I can show you how that's possible, right? If you can learn how to justify your pricing like that, it's amazing. And even better, if you can learn how to find problems that are costing companies massive amounts of money, and you can learn how to bring a creative solution to them, you can charge insane amounts of money. Get what I'm saying? If you find a problem that's costing someone potentially $500,000, you could potentially charge twenty dollars to $40,000 for something. That's why I love what we're doing right now. Like what I do now, my agency does brand brand consulting stuff, brand and marketing consulting. We're solving huge problems that are potentially costing people seven figures a year. That's why we can charge such a high ticket for it, right? So, okay, long story to get to now. Here's the five things that I want to encourage you to do when it comes to learning how to price out your brand work and how you can learn to justify something. And hopefully these five tips give you a little bit of a head on your shoulders because the main question I get when I talk about brand pricing is, well, how do I know it's going to make the money? How do I know it's going to make the money? Well, here's five tips to to kind of help you figure out how it's going to do that. Yeah. And the first tip is relax. It's all subjective context. So if you're looking for like the pot at the end of the rainbow of like, I need the right black and white answer for what this is supposed to cost, you're not going to find it. So tip number one is it is all subjective context, which is what makes pricing when it comes to brands hard. However, if you can kind of relax into it and realize, you know what, this is more about not having the black and white answer, but actually like subjective context. And I can actually start to have fun with that Mm -hmm. and, and roll with that type of subjective context. You will find pricing to be a lot less friction and a lot more smooth as you try to figure out what your pricing is. So number one, it's almost like a disclaimer. It is subjective to every scenario. Yeah, totally. Number two is you've got to understand, like I said earlier in that story, you got to understand their monetization channels. How do they make money? The number one question that I think creatives struggle with is they go, well, I don't understand how that company makes money. Therefore, I don't know what to charge them. We'll figure it out. It's not that hard to figure out how a company makes money, right? In those two examples I gave you earlier on from that story, I was like, oh, well, they make money when they can prove to a company and they can prove that they can be trusted. The company goes, great. We don't have enough room in our warehouses. We're going to put some of our inventory in your warehouse. That's how they make money, right? Very simple. If you're wanting to work with a, let's call it an airline, how do they make money? Well, they sell seats daily on their flights, right? If you want to work for a coffee company, how do they make money? Well, they sell bags of coffee or they sell cups of coffee in a coffee shop, right? So here's what you want to think about though, because a decision for them to hire you, if a company is going to hire you, their decision is solely based off of, will this give a return on investment? There's very few times a company is going to hire you where it's not based on that contingency. So if you do not understand how you make a company money, good luck trying to have them understand how you are also going to make the money, right? Because again, their understanding of how you're going to make the money as a creative is the only reason why they're going to hire you. So there's a couple different ways to look at how a company monetizes. And here they are. I'm going to go through these quite quick. Number one, are they high volume, low ticket? Think about a well-known coffee shop. That's an example. They're high volume. They sell a lot of stuff, pastries, coffees, all that stuff, water. They don't sell water. Maybe maybe some sells like box water. Doing high volume in a day, you know, respectively, contextually high volume for the industry. But again, they're low ticket. They're selling something that is not crazy, crazy expensive. Even though I think most coffee shops, coffee is overpriced. I only make coffee at home. That's a totally different point. But so that is the first thing. Are they high volume, low ticket? Number two, are they low volume, high ticket? 
Okay. So do they not have a ton of transactions each year, but their ticket price on those transactions is high. Okay. So think of like a house flipper. Let's say you, you met a house flipper and they're like, Hey, I flip houses for a living. I flip two houses a year. I think if you came and actually filmed some of my flipping processes, um, and like the process of flipping this new home, I think if we put it on social media, maybe we can get some more eyes on it and maybe it would be easier to sell right? Again, they're only flipping two of those a year, but they're incredibly high ticket purchases, right? Or think about it like an online fitness coach. Maybe they're selling a fitness program for like six grand. It's like a four month commitment, you know, uh, fitness program where you're losing weight or gaining a ton of muscle and it's like $6,000, right? And maybe they only take two of those each and every single month. Okay. That's again, low volume, high ticket. Okay. Now the third option is high volume, high ticket. That's amazing. That's a sweet spot. Okay. A high volume, high ticket example would be like a transport company. I've worked with transport companies, companies that literally are, they're just truckers. They have high ticket because again, it costs a lot of money to ship stuff especially when you put them on big freight things and shipping them across the country and they have high volume. They have a ton of trucks going at once. These companies make so much money, right? So, so much money or like an oil company. You can get in with like an oil company doing like a video for an oil company. Again, they're selling barrels of oil, which is expensive and they're doing massive amounts of volume, right? So again, that's an example of high ticket, high volume. That's the sweet spot. Now, where you do not wanna be you do not want to be working with low ticket, low volume companies. So think about like a handmade bracelet company. This is one of the biggest mistakes people do. Like, I want to be a travel filmmaker. It's great. Who have you pitched? Well, I pitched all these companies that make like jewelry and stuff. It's like, dude, like there's, there's a reason you're not getting work, bro. Like they can't afford to pay you five grand to go to Bali for three weeks and shoot a bunch of videos of your wrist going like this in front of a waterfall. Like, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, oh, so painful, you don't so want to work with low volume, yes. low ticket companies in a handmade jewelry company, handmade bracelet company. It's a great example of that. Stay away from that. You want to look for high ticket, high volume, or even if it's high ticket, low volume, or if it's low volume, high ticket, you always want to look to work with a company that has the word high in their business model whether it's high volume or whether it's low ticket. So you will always make more money on those first three, which is the three I just mentioned. Okay, so the 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 word high must be in that scenario in order for it to kind of be feasible for you want to work with them. So it's kind of a side point, but that's a really, really important point. Now, here's the reason why. You want to work with people who have the word high either in their ticket price or in their volume because it means that there's more at risk if they do not work with you. So just like my story earlier in the podcast, this company, this logistics company, if they lost out on another contract because they failed to build the amount of trust they wanted to build, there's easily potential for them to risk a lot of money, risk a six-figure contract, risk a seven-figure contract, right? Like they're talking about big amounts of money they're risking here. So it's really, really important that you understand how they monetize because when you understand how a company monetizes, you can see the holes in their monetization channels and you can see where they're risking losing money. Yeah, that's so good. And then tip number three is think about the problem they are trying to solve with working with yeah, you. Yeah, this one's so good. So there's a couple different questions I like to ask myself when I'm looking at a new company and prospectively going, okay, what do I think I should be charging for this? And just like Christy said, all you want to do is think about the problem that they're trying to avoid, right? And here's some questions I ask. So what friction is my work going to reduce? So again, Great in that question. logistical example, they're going, there's so much friction in how we're trust building. 
We're not trust building fast enough. So I'm going great. Let me give you this video. It's going to reduce a lot of that friction. Your sales team is having friction in their process of trying to learn how to build more trust. They're having a hard time with it. Let me give you a tool that's going to go, hey, just click this video and watch and you can see how you can trust us. I'm reducing the friction, right? So what friction are you trying to reduce with your work? Number two, what momentum will my work add? Will what I'm doing for this company add a ton of momentum to what they're doing? If so, they're probably going to be excited about it. Number three, how will I make their work more simple? This is a huge one, right? Such a big one. So many people, so many companies waste money because they have to pay somebody to do a job that a video could do. That's a great quote. So many companies waste money because they have to pay somebody to do a job that a video could do. Therefore, I swoop in and say, hey, what's up? My name's Joey. I make videos that can replace you paying that person a ton of money and it's actually gonna do a better job. Do you wanna hire me to do it? And they're like, oh my gosh, yes, because I'm making their job, I'm making their operations, I'm making their system more simple. So it just makes them more effective, right? Yeah. When they're or more another, effective. Yeah, I was gonna say another um, aspect of that is when someone has to, let's say it's your, let's say you have your own social media management agency and you wanna go and run companies' social media out of the contractor, that's yeah. a huge advantage for so many brands, rather than paying somebody a full-time salary with full-time benefits, having to pay them for sick leave, all of that kind of stuff. And chances are, it's going to be a way better like shakedown price-wise to hire somebody outside as a contractor rather than hiring someone full-time who maybe not isn't even an expert that they're going to have to train, right? Yeah. So even the type, thinking even in that way of how will I make everything work better with them on their side of the company in a more cost-effective way can work as well for you. Totally. That's a great point. I love that point. And last but not least, ask this question to yourself. How am I increasing their brand value? Brand value is something that so many people will pay for. So many people will pay for. Brand value is simply, if they pay me to do this, will their brand look more attractive to whoever they're trying to sell to? If the answer is yes, you're in great great, great shape. So those are a couple of quick questions. Read them one more time real quick. What friction is my work going to reduce? What momentum will my work add? How will I make their work more simple? How will I increase their brand value? Ask yourself those questions when you're thinking about you know what you should be pricing. And if you've got positive answers to all those questions, there's going to be a good chance you can charge a lot for it. For sure. And then tip number four is what will it cost them if they don't work with you? Now, this is a huge thing about this, like opportunity cost that hits them if they don't choose to hire you and have your services performed. Let's say it's something like if you are a photographer or videographer and you want to be creating consistent content for their social media. And maybe right now, this is very relatable for I feel like so many people, if they're just posting photos, right? The brand is currently only posting photos and maybe they're getting like a mm -hmm. hundred likes or like a hundred people engaging on their still photo. And there's no reels, there's no short form video, nothing like that that's been engaging people. And so let's say they get like maybe a 10% like sale rate on each one of their posts. So if it's like, okay, great, that's a hundred people, cool, 10 people bought, awesome. Now, what would it cost them though if they continue to only do that, right? They stay at that low level. Whereas if yeah. maybe you could introduce reels to them and get 10,000 views, that's a whole heck of a lot higher. You got now a thousand people buying rather than just the original 10. Yeah. So how much is what you're doing? If you are what, what you're doing is an actual solution, try to figure out what is that monetary number you could estimate to be. Now it might be rough, but find out what that monetary number is and try to show them the opportunity of what they are missing out on if they yeah, forego so your good. services. So that is tip number four. And then the positive spin is number five, 
Try and estimate roughly what their return on investment will be in the next 12 to 24 months. So again, 12 to 24 months for a business owner. You might be thinking, oh my gosh, that's so long. It's so far away. But for a business owner, they're always thinking about the next coming year. What are they doing now that's going to increase sales, increase revenue for the next year? And so try to figure out what that number is and show them the opportunity of what their company could grow. And especially if it's something online, you guys, there's so much opportunity for businesses and brands to grow online. You do not want to let that digital space go untouched for people. And so if your if your service surrounds any of that, like I can tell you number five is going to be so easy for you yeah, to figure totally. out what that is. And again, it's rough, right? It's, it's subjective. Rough. It's, it's all rough. of that. So it's not like, oh, exactly. What is the exact number? Well, none of us can even do the exact numbers even no, if you're course. in that business, well, right? And going back to the example I said earlier, right? It's like if I can make this company a video that's going to build a lot of trust with their clients, even if they get one contract for yeah. 50 grand in the next six months, which there's no way they're not going to do. This video is definitely going to help. It's in the bottom of everyone's email signatures. It's They're sending it out to their entire contact list the second it was done. They're putting it on their website. They're blasting it all over social media. Like Their partner companies are sending it out. There's no way this video is not going to make them 50 grand in the next couple of weeks. Why can I not charge over 10 grand for this? Like, why couldn't I not charge $12,500 for this? Like, it's just easy. When you learn how to roughly quantify something like that, it's so much easier to yourself feel good about charging more money. But it's also easy to say, hey, look, I'm so excited for you guys to get this on your website. I'm sure you already think this is going to make you guys a lot of money. And they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is going to be so good. Our sales team is going to love this. And you're like, great, $12,500. Like, great, let's do it. So again, rough numbers. You do not have to get a pinpoint. But guys, this stuff makes you so much more confident in what you can charge. And again, it's all about just how do I quantify that I can charge at a minimum of three. Sorry, I'm going to make a company a minimum of three to four X what I'm asking them to pay me. Because if you can't do that, they're not going to hire you for it. It's just not worth their time or their money, right? So guys, this is a muscle. It gets better with time. It gets better as you go to the office and you work out the muscle, right? The more emails you send in communication with this stuff, the more time you think about these five steps and you think about learning companies and how they monetize and how much money you think they're leaving on the table, the better you're gonna get at this. Like I used to go home and spend time literally just looking up companies and understanding going, how do these companies make money and where are the gaps? How do these companies make money and where's the gap? How does this social media, whatever company make money and where's the gap? How does this company acting online and where's the gap? How is this company acting on their website? Where's the gap, right? You just got to think like that. If you learn to think like that, it's going to get a lot easier. And again, your earning power will skyrocket. These five tips are really going to help your earning power skyrocket. And I hope this podcast did too. So yeah. All right. Get in the gym, everybody. Get out there. Start figuring it out, putting it to work. Um, if you've got questions, feel free to DM us at Creative Rise yeah, totally. on Instagram. We'd be happy to chat through. We know sometimes this can be such a block for people. And sometimes just a personal conversation really helps kind of get things over the edge. So feel free to reach out to us at any time. We'd love, love, love to help you break the creative struggle in more ways than just this podcast. So please give us a follow. If this podcast was helpful for you, please share it with somebody that you know that might also benefit from this. Post it on your story. We'll repost you. Yeah, we'd love we if you post it on love your story. love to do that. Or leave us a written review. Five-star rating and a written review. We'd also that love we that because really that's love. how the show grows and that way more people can learn how to break the creative struggle. Yeah. So cool. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. We were so happy to have you here. 
And do not forget to jump onto iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and write a written review. That would mean the world to us. And we'll catch you next time on the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle, and it should be simple. Peace.